There is only one thing on this earth more powerful than evil, and that's us. Hi guys, this is Charisma Carpenter from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, your favorite bitch on wheels. You're listening to Buffy Back Issue Bin. Welcome to the Buffy Back Issue Bin, the show where we go through all the Buffy and Angel comics that are canon chronologically. I'm Zach. And I'm Emily. And hey, it's another listicle one. Yay. And also, Charisma Intro. Yay. <laughs> you don't know how what we're doing. You're not in the edit. No. <laughs> but that's what it was. But I know what the charisma inter I know what the charisma intro. Intro. <laughs> really struggling to not say interview go. here. Words. No, it was not Sounds an interview. Like it was kind of a little mini interview when you were talking to her before. You just didn't record it. Oh no. She, I mean I mean clearly I was at a show a couple was it like a month ago now when I got like the Charisma and the James one. And I was at a show last weekend where there was Claire Kramer, the voice of our podcast for most of the time, Michelle Trachenberg, Alan Tudyk, Marina Baccarin, all good people to meet, but man, Charisma is fast on her feet. She is funny. Yeah, I bet. Alan Tudyk really likes dogs. That's what I heard <laughs> when heard, I was listening to his conversation with the security the guard. Ta- when you were in the line to pay our taxes, that's what you heard. He's t- just talking dogs. Well, yeah, because there was a very good should. security dog there, and so they were talking about dogs. But, I mean, you know that I, I'm a big dog fan. There, there's I one... thought you were going to say you're a big Serenity fan, no, and I was going to be like, yeah, you are. I'm a dog fan. There's one sitting in between us, but I make it... You, you think every dog is a good dog. I'm like, no, this no, they're not all good. such a good dog. You should have seen it. The canine with the cops? Yes. Also, all of them. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> Unrelated. Yeah. So, Christmas really fast on repeat. Really funny. So, thanks, Christmas, for doing this awesome intro for us. <laughs> also, I, I gave no notes. That was 100% just she went off on that. She did a great job. Also, I'm not going to give notes for favors. That would be weird. <laughs> so today, we're going to be ranking all of the Buffy and Angel comic stories that are in canon, and this time not chronologically. For the top of this list, what we're going to do, or I guess the bottom, as you would call it, mostly going to skim over them pretty fast because we're not here to rag on books. It's mostly here to elevate other like works because most of the work has been really good. So the stuff at the bottom of the list, we're just going to kind of skip pretty quick. Just, you know, it's not fun to speak negatively of things right it's far more fun to blow something up in a big way i was gonna say go on and on about it but sure yeah either way whatever this is a list we've converged on this list uh and as far as what counts as a story it's going to just count as like a large theme of a thing basically it's been kind of separated into its own little section so that might be a 10 page thing or a 43 issue story are those things comparable yeah i guess because we made this list i mean (laughs) It's really whatever you want to think of it as. So this is our opinion. You, dear listener, may have a different one. If you do, feel free to write into us. The dog is smelling the con blanket that we brought with us. He's like, you guys went somewhere without me. So this will be a 26 part list. Okay. The bottom ones will be really fast. Number 26, the high school years. They don't really add anything. They make Angel a weird sugar daddy and they focus on stories that were kind of already told and don't really add a lot. Do you remember how all we talked about was where does Angel keep getting his coats from? <laughs> yes. Yeah. But on the other hand, uh, the free comic book day special that I don't think is going to be reprinted in anything, unless they do it in the season 12 trade, is actually a solid issue. So that one is definitely worth reading. Yeah, I mean, the high school years, they aren't, they are what they are. They are not the most necessary stories, but. I still want to sneak in a positive comment for even the ones at the bottom of the list. No, I do. I, they definitely have some fun little character moments. Number 25, Angel Season 11. 
characters seem really out of place. There is an extra doppelganger of Angel and Fred walking around <laughs> somewhere, but it does set up the chronological timeline that gets dealt with in season 12. If something happens in the past, it affects the future. So that is a very important story point that they did set up. Yes. The Angel Malaria thing. Yeah, I don't feel great about that. I don't either, but they stuck with it. And I feel a lot better about it in season 12 than I did in season 11. And so <laughs> Really doubled down on that one. They kept it, and that's cool. Number 24, the Giles miniseries. <laughs> this kind of broke all the rules in a big way. There's a peach-addicted demon, and none of it makes sense. Oh, the cat's meowing. Why? I don't know. He's stuck his face in a blanket. He's fine. He wants to be cuddling with the dog because they're best friends. The Giles miniseries, it kind of reminds me of the high school years in a way that it's a story that I never really... It just broke, I never really thought of it being told. It broke the rules in big ways and didn't explain any of it. Yes. I think the part that made me, the part that I understood why it had to happen um, was the fact that they, when we got to season 12, they immediately just put Giles back as an adult and they were like, look, you're back. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. I got the idea of trying to bring the whole high school aspect back to Buffy. Oh gosh, what's happening? The cat's attacking the blanket for some reason. <laughs> so that was a fun fight. <laughs> With an inanimate object. Well, the dog is shaking, so I thought that he was attacking the dog. <laughs> no, he was attacking No, the, the dog, dog was just scared of nothing yep. again. Anyway, so the Giles miniseries, I, I quite like the concept, because they did keep Giles as a kid for quite some time. Yeah, but I mean, part of Buffy's problem once they got post-high school is always the desire to go back to high school, and this was an opportunity. It felt a little bit squandered, but we're going to move on to number 23, Spike into the Light. Oh, Spike into the Light. A.K.A. Spike gets new boots. <laughs> uh, it doesn't really fit in the timeline very well at all. It's a real stretch. It kind of negates character development that w happened later when you, where you have to kind of squeeze it in. Uh... But, I mean, at least you have Spike trying to be an individual and, and separate, because even him stepping away from season seven going like, you know what? Spike needs a minute. And I appreciate that James Marsters wrote it, or wrote part of it. He, I mean, he did the whole thing. I also appreciate that he gave us a soundbite. <laughs> yeah, he did. That's awesome. A and, very and violent intro. And I while like the it. story was all not quite what I... I mean, he, expected. he fights the, a demon that's stealing kids, but then he doesn't actually stop the demon from stealing kids and, right. and just gets boots. But, <laughs> what? what? what but happened? because Spike actually wrote it, the voice is there, which is the funniest part is it's like an, a scenario I would never imagine for Spike, yet his voice is there still. Moving on. Origin. The one that might be canon, might not be canon. Who knows? But it's kind of a retelling of the movie. It's not a very good movie, but at least they try and update it to be more tonally consistent with the TV show. That being said, not great. Yeah. Yeah, that was an awkward one. I don't really know what to say about that other than that was an awkward <laughs> one. Uh, yeah. Moving on. Number 21. Angel. Long Night's Journey. <laughs> You're giving me a face. It's the one where, he, is it his soul? And there's perfect Zang and Gun beats up a guy and steals his truck. And everyone is too busty and too muscular and it's too 90s. It is way too late yeah. 90s. Yeah. It's 90s in all the wrong ways. We read it. Oh, it feels like a million years like, ago. Yeah, a year and a half at this point. I I know what you're talking about. I just think I blocked that one. It has. A, I love the concept of is Angel's soul his soul or was it someone else's? But everything else in there is just the 90s in all the wrong ways. 
number I'm just gonna combine these. Number twenty and number nineteen, Tales of the Vampire, Tales of the Slayer. I don't know the difference. We read them together and they are the same in my brain. And there are <laughs> I mean, the same in my brain. Some are tales of a vampire, yes, and some are tales of the slayer. But the fact that slayers and vampires are so interlocked means that I have zero concept of which is which. These stories are mostly fine, but don't well, they're mostly world building esque stories. They're world building stories that happened after the show ended and don't actually add that much. Mostly fine though. But not I can't really say that they're more than, you know, mostly fine. There's a Dracula one. There is a Dracula one. The Dracula one is that's fun. That's the important one. I like the Dracula one. That's the one Goddard did and also got That must be a tale deeply. of a vampire. Yeah. Yeah, it must be. <laughs> I, I mixed them up too. But the Frey one is the a Frey, tale of a slayer. The Frey one is also nice. I like that one. I, I like those two. I those mean, are the two that are memorable to me, which does not mean that they're memorable to other people or that other ones aren't more memorable, but- this is, I think this is the part in the list where we start turning into like, yeah, there might be some flaws, but there's still like, there's big positives. Number 18, Buffy season nine. Season struggled a bit, had that weird robot as a pregnancy metaphor that doesn't mean anything. But the art, I think this is the best art that George's Genty did for his very long tenure on the book. Oh, it's gorgeous. The, the art is killer. The season ends pretty strong, but it takes a long time to get strong. And there's that weird Billy stuff and cute Devin who likes to watch boys die. Okay, so never gonna drop it. I'm gonna ignore that you just said that. I think that season nine felt more like it was struggling because season nine of Angel took off in a big way. In a big way. And I think that season nine of Buffy was trying to find its footing after this ginormous thing that just happened with season eight. And then they were like, let's bring it back down to earth. And then they couldn't quite bring it back down to earth. Yeah, they couldn't quite hit the tone they wanted to hit, I think. And Angel took the season eight stuff. And then rolled that into a season nine plotline. Well, I also hate that a lot of the plot with like Buffy having like two personalities and stuff is like, this is a dollhouse plot. And it was done by a dollhouse writer. I'm like, it's just dollhouse. Just put Faith back <laughs> in it. It's fine. I mean, Faith's something that I broke, but... but I mean, it ends really strong. Once O'Leary gets into the mix, I like it a lot. And George's Genties art throughout the entire season, I think, is the strongest stuff he did. So it's, yeah. it still has it has a lot of highlights. It it did find its footing. It just was a little slow in finding yeah. its footing. Number 17, Spike, A Dark Place. I feel bad for this series because I like the writer and I like the ideas in the series, but I feel like the series was editorially mandated to be like, you need to get rid of the bugs in the ship. And also, I guess, deal with some Spike emotional stuff if you have time. Yeah, it was one of those things that you could see the wheels turning of, we need Spike to get from point A to point B. Please also, make a story around this. No more bugs. No more bugs. And and it was as awesome it was, as it was ever going to be for that yeah, mandate. I, the How series funny was as good as it would was, it be but... if we're totally wrong, if that was not mandated, if the if the writer was just like, this was my best idea for a story. I mean, we did an interview with them. I didn't want to be like, was that an editorial mandate? That felt like that would be a weird and uncomfortable question that I didn't want to do. Well, yeah. Because interviews should be light and fun. Yes. But yeah, that one felt like it was more about a subtraction than an addition. So overall good writing, overall good story, but it, you could definitely feel that there was... It felt more purpose plot driven than... Yeah, than character driven, which what it should have been if you're just focusing on one character. Yeah. Number 16, Spike Shadow Puppets. It's fun to bring back puppets. <laughs> This series, I like a lot of it. I like introducing, I think her name was Talk. She was the mm-hmm. assassin in Japan. I, we got the wonderful term of vampire lemon face, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> but this one is a little too heavy on the references to Smile Time. Like, yeah, I remember those jokes too. Official canon, we got that. There's, boy, there are some. <laughs> there are some, some memorable moments in that one. I one forgot has, that that was the official canon book. 
this book has some great highlights. Like I said, like this is lower on the list, but overall this list is a list of positives and there are a lot of great moments in this one. I it this is the kind of got stuff... off the rails for the last issue where everyone had a puppet version of themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we're just back to smile time at that point. But I really But on steroids, smile time on steroids. I would be so fascinated to hear what other people thought of of like these numbers in the list especially because I think that probably the the couple best stories are not going to change. You know what number one's going to be if you've listened to this podcast. I know what number one is going to be. You're also part of this list. I knew what number one was going to be far before <laughs> anything else. Overall good series, but a little too referential. But still, like I said, great, great moments. Number 15, Music of the Spheres. That was the lore in one shot that was done by John mm. Byrne that sent off Andy Hallett's character due to his uh, unfortunate passing. But it was charming and lovely. Overall, it's great. The art in it's fantastic. The B plot is kind of weird of just like this girl who's into the Grusalug. And I but I love the Grusalug. I didn't really, and I said it when we did it, I didn't really like the idea of Lauren was dying because it felt a little too real versus Lauren just saving the world to save the world versus he's dying, so why not? Yeah. Which is a little strange when... I mean, this was supposed to be retirement, but it was also adding the death element felt a little weird. But still, I mean, John Byrne doing Lauren and writing and doing the art. I love John Byrne, and I love John Byrne as a writer, and I love John Byrne as an artist, so it's kind of hard to complain. Yeah, and I love Lauren. Number 14, Willow Wonderland. Another book made of good moments, but gets a little weird at the end with, like, the magic killed Rack, and also Willow isn't a murderer anymore because Warren's not dead and Rack's not dead, and let's just absolve Willow of everything she ever did. I'm sure that's, that wasn't the intention, but it's kind of what happened. Yes. And I... having it be Merrack, and it was really just Rack all along, I'm like, ha 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 ha. Yeah, I don't know. I... I, I say that this is relatively high on the list. It's still a great story, but there's still little tweaks where you're like, yeah, I love the caterpillar where he's like, C.S. Lewis stole <laughs> stole that from me. Do You, you don't mean C.S. Lewis. I didn't mean C.S. Lewis. I you mean Lewis Carroll. I, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. I mixed up my Lewises. <laughs> Spelled differently. <laughs> and also first name and last name. But <laughs> whatever. we don't dwell on these things. Uh, you've really beaten this too deep in the podcast for me to edit around <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> That's all my goal ever is, is just to bring them to the forefront. <laughs> but no, I... I like the big storylines of Willow getting her magic back, and I love all and this of that. Is very, this is a very plot-important story. Like, bringing magic back to the world is big. Okay, this is actually a really good... This is a big difference between this and the Spike Bugs one, where again... This adds something versus subtracting something? Yeah, that this again is a plot-driven, character-singular story, but Willow is going in search of the magic, whereas Spike is like trying to get rid of the bugs it's not or rather <laughs> he, went he to the dark ends side up, of the moon yeah he ends up getting rid of the bugs he'll see you there what i'm doing pink floyd lyrics i don't even know what that is but i listened to that album a lot in high school and for what you will from that also you're correct i have never heard it before in my life yeah you have i don't remember that <laughs> you i still have it's still a great album but i was a cliche i hope that the dog snoring is picking up on this because he is snoring in my lap he is number 13 this one's kind of a combo it just there wasn't a good way to split them up i guess we're going more graphic novel style the last angel in hell which i'm going to combine as angel and spike going to comic-con and also <laughs> <laughs> the movie starring nicholas cage and cameron ds aka the best movie ever um i would see that movie number one i love I love I love Spike being fake angel. He's like, 
you can join our team. We're nothing but misfits. And like, he's so sad about like, whenever someone dies, he does all these big dumb speeches. I And you have Jeremy coming back as a dorky wizard. I just, it's hilarious. But I also think, I also forgot that Jeremy slash Jim from The Office was there. <laughs> but now that he's back in my world, I love him. Why is he back in your world? I just kind of forgot that he was there. Because I watched The Quiet Place a couple weeks back. I don't, I didn't watch that. You didn't, but I did. And he was there. He's so hunky now. He's a beefcake. He's a just, cake of beef. Ew, you have to stop talking now. <laughs> But no, I, I really liked the Comic-Con one. That was so charming. It is fun. It's a lot of fun. And Last Angel in Hell is just 100% goofball. And you know what? I really kind of like that Angel has some goofball moments. Because I mean, at, after after the fall, boy, you needed some levity. After after the fall. Yes. <laughs> what else do you want me to say? Post after the fall. <laughs> ah, that works better. Yeah, it that, does. That's better language than I had. Well, you know. But either way, that one's a lot of fun. It's, it doesn't really do a ton, but it's just fun, and sometimes that's more than okay. Well, and also, Angel the TV show had those episodes that oh, just was a mo- smile time. Yes, very much smile time. It, yeah, the episode right before Fred dies, they're like, levity! <laughs> just kidding! Because <laughs> things are going downhill fast as far as emotions. Everybody's dying now. But Connor had a nice moment. It's like, I need to protect my family. I learned that from my father. And then he walks away and there's that great over-the-shoulder shot with Angel in the background out of focus. Mm-hmm. Slow-mo. I know exactly what you're talking about. I yeah. just don't like Connor. I'm being honest. Did, I know. What? Ah, I was always a Connor fan. Stand by. You still are a Connor fan. What are, you, what are you talking about here? <laughs> Number 12, Angel Season 10. Angel's a drunk and the magic is a baby. <laughs> <laughs> and people write on, they use blood... <laughs> to write on walls a lot there are some fairies amy is finally taken care of nadira she's is half magic much, kind much of more chill she's so much more chill and i like her so much better when she's like not a drunk swirly but i mean this was the season that will conrad was in art and his likenesses are insane and there are other they artists look like photographs well there are other i was gonna almost there are other artists who definitely use photo reference for certain scenes like oh i know where that image is i know what that image is but will conrad is able to do perfect likenesses without doing references can we just talk for a second about how you just casually mentioned that you could place a random image that has been redrawn yeah and placed in a different spot and you're like oh yes i know what that face is from i promise i can point them all out i believe you i was literally (laughs) there when you were like do you remember that image i know what that's from oh was that a promo one or was that one from the show i could tell you either way or when we're watching the show and you're like that was a scene that was a scene that was a scene. If you put them all together, they're all the promo for the next episode. Oh, or yeah, I, know. I remember the promos for some reason in my brain. Where are we at? Number 11, Spike after the fall. Little intentionally designed to be more down to earth with kind of guys in rubber suits. It does have that weird moment of Illyria making out with Spike, which I don't like very much, <laughs> but I like Spike and Connor teaming up. Yeah. I like introducing that character of Non and like really showing how much of a badass gun is in this world. It does have a weird moment with this guy who Cordelia the dragon like brings Spike to. He's like, oh man, this guy's trying to power up and they never go back to it, <laughs> which bugs me. Like, who was that? Yes. Yeah, you don't remember that, do you? I don't remember that moment okay. at all. I know exactly the story. Like, I know I know the story. I know the big beats. I don't remember that. I like Maybe because we never went back to it. I like the Illyria stuff of her trying to be like, oh, I killed John Krasinski. Is, wasn't that the right thing to do to stop the power from going into non the 
pointy arm demon. I don't want to say spikes. The pointy arm demon. She has spikes. This is a spike series. I don't want to say spike too much. Spike, 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 spike. So you went with pointy (laughs) arm demon? But yeah, I mean, I like that Illyria's character gets to grow and kind of start to learn human morality and... Well, it also pays off that line early and after the fall when Spike's like, give till it hurts, Angel. That's my motto. Does it hurt yet? When he finds out that Connor's working with him. It's such a great payoff. Also, you just really like Connor still. I, I, I like that To be dynamic. fair, and Connor the... in this is my favorite Connor because... Well-adjusted Connor. He's <laughs> well-adjusted. well-adjusted Connor. And he's like working in a team up that's not him and Angel necessarily. It's, I mean, kind of it is. But also Spike's in there and like, he's just being a normal... As normal as you can be in this after the fall world. Stabbing people and decapitating him kind of Connor. But he's not like, I'm going to ruin everybody's lives and also be a 12-year-old brat with terrible hair. Your Connor love aside, number 10, Angel Yearbook. Also that one time. I think it was called that one time. I was going to say, I know what you're talking about, but yeah, I didn't think it was called Brian- Yearbook. Well, the whole the, thing was yearbook, yeah. The, the Brian Lynch, Franco Uru one. The goodbye story. Yeah. And what I didn't credit this one, we did it, which I thought about later, is this story gave me something after the fall didn't give me, which I didn't realize I was missing until afterwards. I feel dumb for not mentioning it. It gave me everyone fighting together and everyone was normal and fine, with the exception of Wes, who's still dead. But I mean, Gunn was there. It was kind of the was epilogue there. story. Yeah, but I mean, everyone was there and fighting alongside each other. They got to run in one epic line together. I didn't which get, is all you really ever want. But I didn't get that from after the fall i know so this yearbook story that gave me something that is in my heart of hearts what i want and i don't think i gave it enough credit when we did it but yeah that i love that story in a big way it gave me something after the fall didn't give me as for as much as i love after the fall but it gave me everyone together doing a thing and i think that's why it kind of ranks up there i like it because it feels like the sustainable version of what their lives could be after you know like oh we're saving the world again but it's not it's it's not the epicness it's like the this is our casual everyday saving the world but everyone has to be sad but everyone no has to be what. a little bit sad but i don't know I mean, I... This, this is the shortest one on this list and it's pretty high up there but in all fairness it's really good and it gives you that cohesion that you never quite got and after fall again going back to that line of everybody's coming back wrong yes and, I and also... everyone was there and they were right until they were wrong because of alternate realities Right. And then they set it to rights and everything was fine or they scared her away really and they were they were good again. I also like it because it's such a sweet way to say goodbye to that world. Yeah. But aside from saying goodbye to one version of Angel, we then move on to number nine, Angel season number nine, which isn't really season nine of Angel. <laughs> it's just a branding thing. Deal with it. It's at some point after season eight of Buffy. <laughs> Angel splits off. But the introduction of Christos Gage and Rebecca Isaacs as a creative team, and boy, they they went from the redheaded stepchild of this world going up to Buffy after this, but Angel Season 9 is strong in dealing with the fallout of Season 8 of Angel killing Giles and, you know, being a mass murderer again and trying to ruin the world while saving the world because Angel's an idiot. It's yeah. a great season, and it also moves Faith into the forefront, which she really hasn't been, and despite having more episodes on Buffy she definitely had more growth on the angel side of things so it was good seeing the two of them team up and honestly they make so much sense as a team because angel when he gets all mopey faith isn't gonna deal with his mope she's just gonna make him buck up or get over it or deal with it in the same way that she had to deal with her mopiness and what i love about the season there was never the will they won't they at all because they shouldn't they 100 percent shouldn't (laughs) but that wasn't part of it yeah no not at all i love that but 
That's such a rarity. I also love the season because it hits the ground running. And again, this could be the flip side of that coin that Buffy stumbles a little bit. And maybe that made the transition for Angel seem so much smoother. I can't tell. I feel like they they played off each other in such extremes that I don't know. But uh, the Angel side just picks up. I mean, maybe we would have ranked this higher if, you know, Christos Gage could have laid off making fun of the New England accent for half a second. I mean, it was just... Look, that's just a personal thing. It was irritating to read, (laughs) but... We also sound irritating, but do you have to mock us? If you cut us, do we not bleed? No. Ah, fine. (laughs) Well, some of us cut ourselves with can openers. I didn't do... It was the can itself. So much worse. Anyway. I'm healed. Also, no one needs to know that. Mostly. Look at that. All healed up gross it's not gross anymore barely tell it's always gross unrelated to angel season nine overall a very strong season yes leave our accents alone yes but i don't know i i i liked that faith got out of america i liked that she was like i'm not gonna deal with this anymore and they went to london (laughs) that's why you like it i always want to go to london number eight spike asylum originally this book wasn't canon now it's canon it's a little hard to shoehorn into chronology but damn it it's amazing beta george beta george introduces us to beta george introduces us to marv wolfman and beck and if we had characters and mosaic if we we ranked new characters to the buffy universe or mosaic depending on who you are oh my gosh i forgot about (laughs) that i forgot that you don't know the word mosaic i know the word mosaic i forgot that you didn't know that word i just called it mosaic in my head for how long (laughs) 10 years. <laughs> wow. Some of us. Because I read it a bunch. I'm an idiot. Well, you know, at least you're not an English major. <laughs> oh, mm. no. So, so then. But Spike Asylum, I mean, the IDW Angel license had started going, and they were fine. Like, I still remember them, but overall, like, nothing. Wasn't that the book that got Joss on Angel? Yeah, because I guess Brian ran into Joss at, like, a cafe in the morning. He's like, oh, hey, I have a Spike book coming out today. Here's a copy. Not like he was stalking him, but just, you know, literal crossing of paths. Meanwhile, you were like- Hollywood style. I don't think I have any business cards in my wallet, but Brian Lynch was walking around (laughs) with a whole book to be like, you, sir, would you like to read my book? (laughs) About a character you created. (laughs) But yeah, that's the quick gist. And yeah, then that kicked off. Maybe something else later on this list. But yeah, I love Spike Asylum. I love Beta George. Oh, what I was going to say is if we ranked new characters to the Buff universe, Beta Beta George George is number one. 100%. Hands down. Then Co. But like a huge step down. Beta George. Then Dowling, the guy who's happy about everything for some reason. Real positive. Remember when he and Buffy like kind of almost dated for half a second? But then he's like, I think you should be with Spike. He seems like a nice guy. He's really into you. Let's do some some policing together, guys. Isn't this fun? Murder scenes. Weirdly positive Dowling. I'm sad that he and Buffy never actually went on a date. Well, they almost did, but then Buffy got teleported away because of Illyria. Problematic for a date situation. The dog is snoring loud. It's very tired. Yeah, he had a rough day of sitting next to me. Number seven, Buffy, season 10. Christos Gage and Rebecca Isaac's first season on Buffy. We got a big crossover. We got DeHoffrin. Yes, we have all of those things. And we have the big red demon that I can't think of his name. Archaeus. Archaeus, thank you. And the and the glowy statue that came to life. That was the angel side. Oh. 
Well, to me, they're just all the same. Same season, different story. I don't know. <laughs> to me, that book, because they had such a big crossover, honestly, and because the villain literally crossed over. You got the hello wanker moment. You get I Buffy. I struggle with that. Buffy and Angel are together again since season eight. You know, that whole Giles death thing was a bit to come back from. Yes. but They had a whole year, a whole, I mean, more than a year, but a whole season apart and getting them together again. Man, that was fun. And getting Angel and Spike together, the best couple in this universe back together they are your favorite couple for sure they bicker so well oh my gosh i I just won't ever forget how thrilled you were about it and i hadn't even seen the show and you were just like i have to tell you about this (laughs) season 10 is strong like it a lot number six the spike series on idw originally pitched as spike season something something Ended up just being eight issues, but boy, they are a strong eight. And one of my, oh man. What? That didn't make it on the top 15 moments. Whatever number 15 was on that list, kick it the hell off because I forgot entirely about Spike losing his soul and giving it to Drusilla. Be like, doing that whole monologue about like, I've been like this before, like heart was stronger than the demon. Yeah. Like I'm not, oh damn it. Damn it. That list is null and void. We went through this again. We went through this earlier in a totally different scenario. And you were like, my list is ruined. Oh, man. Yeah, that listicle is totally null and void because I forgot about the Spike losing his soul moment and just being like, why don't we have heart is stronger? Damn it. 15A and 15B. That's a high up moment. I can't believe I forgot that. Fine. Make it 8A and 8B. Whatever you want. (laughs) Damn it. But whatever. The Spike miniseries. That's great. I love it when, I mean, that being the biggie one, he loses his soul and gives it to Drew. And he's just like, I'm not evil. Like, my heart's stronger than that. And it was for Buffy, but it's, I can maintain it without her that's a great series it is and it's also and a really Drew touching goes moment insane and then punches out that guy's john's heart where she's like make yes. it stop make it stop make it stop bam punch him punch his heart out oh i love drew uh feel bad about that list now are you just gonna like put a postscript in there and i don't be know like, what to do dear patreon people i forgot about this I, moment I, I guess but that... i really like that spike <laughs> our last episode gave up his cares? soul number five Frey. I like Frey. I actually really like the colors of Frey. Like the colors are a different tonal quality than than the colors in the rest of the Buffy universe. And so to me, like visually, that book is just like pop. The book initially feels like it's just, you know, Buffy, but in the future. But by the end of it, it feels like its own unique thing. And you don't quite know. Goatman this... betrays her and kills the kid. <laughs> Urkon, yes. I mean, Goatman. I mean, you get elements that you wouldn't get in a regular Buffy story because it is in a different setting. And also... You have creepy fish man. It, yeah, it kind of scales back like vampires are back in the shadows in a big way. And also there's that big threat of like, what's going to happen to Buffy in the future? You don't know. She goes into a portal or something. Yes. But overall, really strong story. I also like that it's pretty self-contained. Uh, until, I mean, it really affected the comics in a big oh, way. Oh, no, no, <laughs> I, I mean, but like you can just pick up the the eight-issue Frey series and read that without reading any of the other Buffy comics and be like, this is a full and complete story. You know, it's, I, for as good as it is, I wonder if like one of those like revisionist history things, like if Whedon would know how much that Frey would affect things in the future if he would have done it. That's a great question to ask him if you ever talk to him. We've only been at one con together. Were you guys besties? No. I I mean, I was in the front row of a thing to see the pilot of that super successful show Dollhouse that Mm -hmm. took the world by storm. I saw the first 10 minutes of that front row, but then I didn't want to pay the extra money to actually see him. That was like a bit bit more cash. (laughs) So the real truth comes out. Uh, Also, to be honest, I didn't really know. 
Number four, Buffy season 12. So good. Boy, they had to cram a lot into four issues, but damned if they didn't do a fantastic job with it. I can't, Im- I, I still can't believe quite how many little character beats they got in there with the just sheer amount of action that they had to pack in there. Yeah, I mean, overall, this is a strong season and they had to send it off the best way they could. And overall, I, I mean, You've heard my nitpicks before if you've heard the show, but this got, like, for me, 95% of the way there. It's because it's Connor and Gunnar in it. The last 5% are Connor, Gunnar, and the Shanshu. Oh, and the Shanshu. I forgot about the Shanshu, which I feel like everybody forgets about the Shanshu, and that's the problem. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it mostly, I mean, if you wanted to knock off a list of, like, you know, what you want to see, it got there. Yeah. Number three, Buffy season eight. It's ginormous. It's a big old mess. I also like that we were like... Buffy and Angel stories, a.k.a. the whole season eight. Like, we could try and split it into arcs, but what is the point? <laughs> I crammed in that, like, 10-page Angel book compared to this. <laughs> You're like, that, but that story is super important. But then the 42-issue one, also the same amount. 43, easy does it. But yeah, season eight, it's big and it's messy, but damn if it isn't memorable. Yeah, I, I mean... There are that whole huge moments that stand season. out that you're like, huh? Don's a giant. Are, also, are there's happening. a Mechadon. Faith has to have a British accent. Oh, so <laughs> many things. So many things. Twilight, Buffy sleeping with Satsu, Buffy having weird space sex with Angel Spike coming back. There's a I mean, Giles ship. dying. Giles dying. Willow's the walkabout seed. thing. The master coming back. Xander and Renee, which was almost a thing. Dracula getting back Tibet? in the mix. Tibet with Oz. And Oz's baby? Who has a name. I remember his wife's name was Baymara, but I can't remember the baby's name off the top of my head. Baby Oz? Baby Oz it is. Yeah, so, I mean, you can't... Season 8's a Season 8 mess, set the tone for boy, all of the Buffy comics, it's honestly. Great. It's still great. No matter, like, that. even there are missteps or if it was way too long or whatever the hell, it's memorable and it's good. And Riley. And Riley coming back. I think- And Sam. About the only time where I felt the bloat, and I understand, especially on Joss's end, was when they did like six one-shots right in a row, which was just like getting old writers back. Yeah. I mean, I get that you just want to have, you know, guys who used to work on it play in the world. That uh, That's where I felt the bloat the most, was it was like, especially when you were reading it month to month, you're like, cool. When are we going to get back to the real story, though? (laughs) I feel like this- it set the tone for the whole world that it was going to be after this, right? Like, if season eight had not been so big and crazy, I'm not sure that the Buffy comics would have necessarily survived. Yeah, and I mean, right? We, because and we actually got the Angel stuff on IDW or any of that. Like, it, season eight is a tone setter. Not only is that, it's a trend setter because that's when a bunch of other creators came back and started continuing their shows or movies in comic book form. It's kind of tapered off at this point, but boy, people were doing it in a big way right around that time after season and it kicked off and it was such a success. I mean, I love that you can just see the joy yeah. in everything. And there's just so there's a definite energy difference between season eight and season nine. Not to bash on season nine, but you can feel je- like it, it literally it crackles with energy. I was gonna say Angel season eleven, but yes, Ugh. there's a, there is a difference between yes. season eight and season nine because I think season eight, even George's Genty talked about it a little bit that season eight was so incredibly fun, but that they didn't really have an end goal yet that it was just like you can feel the energy though oh yeah but they were like let's just keep going what if this happened what if that happened what if this happened and so it got super crazy and you can see that they didn't really have that angle and i feel like 
part of season nine's issue is that they were like, oh, we should probably try and figure out where the season is going. And then they couldn't quite. You know what I'm really curious about, though? Why this cat is obsessed with this blanket? I can't figure that out. He's going to attack it again. My foot's under But I mean, it. there's a talk of, and we've heard it in multiple interviews, it's like that Dark Horse didn't have the rights to use like Angel and Spike at the time, but there was still 100% definitely Angel was always going to be Twilight. So how the hell does that work? I have to imagine that they've been in that they were in talks, and it's like you didn't. I think Joss was just like, "I'm gonna do what I want." Probably, probably. I don't really need to look at this list anymore. I know what the last two are. (laughs) Number two, Buffy, season eleven. So good. So tight. Just the whole story. I mean, that whole season had a theme, whether it's uncomfortable or not. It's very relevant. And I remember that that was when you read that comic. The first thing you were like, "This is." It's important. The most timely comic. Yes. Okay, you gotta move, bud. You gotta move. Go. You go. Yeah, you go that whole <laughs> foot. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. You really vacated the premises. But yeah, I, I, everything about it, it's such a tonal shift. And it does only focus on a couple of characters. Again. It's Buffy and Willow and Spike, but it works. I love actually seeing like Buffy and Spike having the whole will they, won't they thing. But if they've had the whole will they, won't they thing for this long and actually paying off the relationship and getting the end of that season... It's great. I also really liked actually that they took out like Xander and Don and Giles and they they yeah, separated them. Yeah, forcing a story. Yeah, that they that they were like, "You know what? You guys are the humans and you guys are just trying to survive right now, but you're not going to call attention to yourself. So why are we going to make some big dramatic story for you?" And that's also we saw it kind of come around, but it's only in the background way, but Willow is really stepping up as a leader in a big way to like what we saw in like season four and six, a little bit of five, of her like going to Wiccan groups compared to her like leading groups of people and becoming like this focal point. And also because we have all these references of like, oh, she's the strongest witch in the Western Hemisphere, blah, blah, blah. But actually having her step up as a leader, which is not the main plot, but we get these hints and these little things of Willow moving into that direction of becoming a teacher and someone who's going to help people. So there's even that aspect of it. It's great. I love that season. I also really like the aspect of Willow, not only as a teacher, but as someone who is making decisions to help people survive, even though they go against her beliefs in a way, like when she's telling when she's siphoning off the magic from the other Wiccans so that they can make it out of the camp. And also seeing her kind of come and like it's down killing on her. the other side, because I mean, compared to I mean, season six being the biggie, but even like in season nine where she's like, I'm just going to go sleep around and I'm going to be fine cutting like cutting the flesh of Connor and going into a hell dimension just to get magic back and seeing her kind of come out the other side of like her going big and just trying to help people, which was always her focus. I mean, going back to season three of her deciding to go to like UC Sunnydale because Buffy's like, oh, you should go to Yale, I think, or I think it was Yale that like wanted her in a big way. But she's like, no, I want to stay here because I want to help people and where can I do that more than right here? And that pays off that character trait in a big way. Yeah. And it also, I don't know, I I love seeing Willow mature in that sense. And also, I think the other thing that I never really loved about Willow in a lot of these comics is that she keeps getting these jobs like, oh, she's the Wiccan <laughs> IT specialist. Like, let's combine witches and IT. Hey, hey. Stop. What are you? The, the cat is a mess. So I like that Willow is actually doing something that we can see instead of like Willow goes to an office and does computer magic. Yeah. And and so I don't know. I liked that we got to mature her personality and also her job skills. And number one, big shocker, guys. It's after the fall. 
What? I know. Best story post-show. Damn it, it's After the Fall. How much do you love After the Fall? A whole bunch. Really? It's really good. Is it that part about Cordelia that makes you cry every time? I mean, it's more her death scene, but yeah, I like when she comes back too. That also makes you cry. I've seen it. Oh man, it's so good. Is it the part that Connor comes back? I mean, he mostly- Is it Wes? I mean, Wes is in the I really suit. just like Cordelia, the dragon. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love seeing that two-page splash of Angel riding the dragon. Con- I was really concerned about that Cordelia was dead, the dragon. Do you remember that? When Because they kill her at the yeah, end the of After the Fall. Yeah, the dragon did die, but then it but came then, back. But then it all comes back, and I was the most overjoyed about the dragon coming back post-After the Fall than anything well, else. Well, I love that the Cordelia just blasts all the demons so Angel can get to gun. Well, yeah. If you have a giant dragon who's helping you. After the Fall is next to perfect. It's so tight. It's so good. All the characters are spot on. Isn't your one favorite issue of comics part of that? I think, yeah, I think number 16, the one where Connor dies, like the whole thing is just so tight and it's so epic. You get that great thing, you know, a line of people walking and Angel just goes, cue the music. It kills you every time. It's so good. You're it's so good. Like, overjoyed right now thinking about <laughs> just it. Just talking about After the Fall. But, oh, man, is that a great just run of books. And also, it tell, it's an awkward number of issues, which you don't really get. And I mean, even at the time, you didn't really get that. Of like, They told the story they wanted to tell in a weird number of issues. <laughs> it wasn't like written out for trade or anything like that. It just, it was. And Illyria standing over gun at the end. Yeah, in that hospital. The bandolier and she's killed Burge or something. I can't remember. Or Burge's uh, son or whatever. Let's just say it one last time. I Ah, damn it. There's still one more episode. I have to do it that I won't announce yet. But even Spike sticking like Kerp in the trunk of his car that <laughs> gave him and he has Beta George and the Angel and Spike thanking each other in their heads. Ah, oh, man, the whole thing. That first night thing with John Byrne after the fall is so great. Yeah, it is pretty great. And I love, I mean, we even get that like mirror thing because, I mean, there's been so many shots of Angel walking away from a thing. I think the line's like, I don't remember all of it, but I do remember the last line is like, and I'm here to help. And it's just him, again, walking away, shot from behind, going into an alley. And it's this wonderful mirror image of like him leaving Sunnydale in season three and in season seven and also the first episode of Angel and closing on that shot. Love it. Love it to death. I wish that all of you, dear listeners, could see the excited hand gestures that are happening during this monologue because they're excitable. Angel After the Fall is just that good. It is that good, to be fair. (laughs) The Lone Shark, and there's that great battle. Oh my gosh, I forgot about the Lone Shark who's actually a shark. Everyone comes in, (laughs) and there's the jet dragons that Wolfram and Hart has, and Lauren coming back in a big way, and like rebuilding himself and all the stuff with gun because it felt like every season like every writer seems the writers always seem to struggle of what do we do with gun and this shot so much life into that character weirdly enough by killing him ironic but true yeah man and you even almost liked connor for like a second and then he died you were like good i wasn't that sad no (laughs) no but but uh i i do quite like after the fall as well I don't think I love it as much as you do. I'm not sure that anybody loves it as much as you do, but it is definitely the number one (laughs) story in this whole world. I think that the top five-ish are pretty standard best stories, but I would be really interested to hear what you guys rank other things as, or if you don't love After the Fall. How? I don't know. It's possible. No, it's not. Maybe somebody loves the high school years more than they love anything else. I'm sure there's someone. I'm sure that someone really likes Buffy being in high school because every story is somebody's favorite, which is 
the answer I should say. It's literally killing you. I can see it in your face. You're trying so hard to be. I don't believe it in my heart, but it's what I should say. The cat is freaking out. Get away from my amp. What are you doing, man? He has food. He has water. He has a clean litter box. What's going on? We abandoned him for two days. Oh, no. But I guess that'll do it because our cat is attacking all of our stuff and I want to go watch basketball. So... So we'll be back in two weeks for something. Enjoy the Cordelia intro again. No, we'll, we'll alternate for right now. We'll go back to Spike. Enjoy. Time. No, I just meant you can replay it from oh. the beginning. <laughs> listen back to this. I guess. List. I guess. Yeah, you can listen for the Spike one next time. Spoiler we'll be, alert. We'll be back in two weeks to probably do an experiment. If it works, we'll do a few more of them. If I it doesn't know. work, <laughs> we won't. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> so you tell us. <laughs> but if you want to support the show, get it a week early. Patreon.com slash Editors Note Comics. A minimum of a buck a month will get you that. Or if you could give more because we're poor and sad. Anything else you wanted to find could be on the website. EditorsNoteComics.com. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Gmail. Yada, yada, yada. I think that's it. Yeah, that's a good gist. We'll be back once again to talk more Buffy Comics and Angel Comics. And that is the end of the show. Smooth outro, no problems. You have anything else to add? I don't think so. Bye. I'm going to watch basketball. Bye.